0: chapter twelve of remarkable rogues by charles kingston this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twelve the enterprising mrs chadwick there had been a sensational forgery in a certain canadian town and when the police announced that they had captured the criminal a huge crowd sought entrance to the court where the case was to be tried those who managed to squeeze themselves in were astonished when they saw a slim fair-haired girl with dark alluring eyes standing in the dock for lydia bigley aged sixteen was the forger the magistrates could hardly believe the evidence for the prosecution it seemed incredible that such a beautiful girl could be an expert forger but the police had accumulated all the facts and there could be no doubt that the demure maiden who looked so modest and who occasionally favoured the bench with a sweeping glance from beneath her long eyelashes was the person who had tried to raise five thousand dollars by imitating a wealthy acquaintance's signature on a cheque The large-hearted men who judged Lydia did not intend to send her to jail if they could help it, and after a brief consultation amongst themselves they acquitted her on the ground that she must have been insane when she committed the crime with which she had been charged. It was a remarkable decision, and it did more credit to the magistrates' hearts than to their heads, but Lydia's magnetic eyes may have had something to do with Lydia's first escape from prison. For years afterwards, those fascinating orbs were busy at work. There were to be great triumphs in store for her ere she was run to earth. The girl developed into an extraordinary woman. When she stepped out of the dock with an alluring smile, her brain was busy evolving a method by which she could live luxuriously without having to work, and she deliberately chose a life of crime. For a year or two, however, she contented herself with blackmail, it was always easy for her to persuade some rich man that she had lost her heart to him then get him into a compromising position and afterwards proceed to levy blackmail as the price of her silence the money so obtained did not provide her with more than her current expenses and she was anxious to launch out as a society woman she did not of course confine herself to canada the rich country of the united states presented promising fields for her and in turn she visited many of the principal cities where she posed in turn as the daughter of a british general the widow of an earl the niece of a former american president and so on until she had at one time or another claimed close relationship with many of the mighty ones of the earth all this however only prepared her for the great and final swindle and a very brief career as a society clairvoyante in an ohio town was merely an incident lydia was much more ambitious now it took an immense amount of hard cash to coax fashionable dresses and fascinating hats out of the shops and she simply loved both In the hour of her desperation, when two former victims declined to part with any more cash, and her clairvoyance business was closed by the police, she remembered her first exploit in criminality, and decided to chance her luck again as a forger. But she was not going to be content with a small sum now. She was the most popular woman in the district where she temporarily resided. She set the fashion, and was determined to live up to her proud position." up to this time lydia had not found a man sufficiently rich to make it worth her while to marry she had had numerous affairs with married men and not a few bachelors had actually proposed to her but there was something against every one of them and it was not until she met handsome and popular and well-to-do dr leroy chadwick of cleveland that she consented to change her name but if she had been dangerous as lydia bigley she was doubly so as mrs leroy chadwick because her status as the wife of the respected practitioner gave her almost unlimited opportunities for swindling and she took full advantage of them her extravagance knew no bounds she bought on credit thousands of pounds worth of jewellery and furs if she met a girl she liked she would take her to europe for a pleasure trip once she brought four young ladies with her to london paris and the principal italian and german cities the trip cost four thousand pounds but it was none of her cheapest experiments in trying to get rid of money for instance she and her husband occupied a large house standing in its own grounds which she insisted upon refurnishing regardless of expense a little later she decided to have it redecorated throughout and she agreed to pay a fantastic price to the contractors on the understanding that they began and finished the work while she was watching a performance at the local theatre they managed to keep their word and mrs chadwick's house became for the time being a show-place another of her fads was a habit of giving costly presents on the slightest provocation to impress a local piano dealer with her importance she walked into his showroom one day and counted the number of instruments he happened to have in stock there were twenty-seven of them all told and mrs chadwick promptly gave him a list of twenty-seven of her friends and told him to deliver one of his pianos to each with her compliments although somewhat taken aback at such an order and hearing that mrs leroy chadwick always paid for her eccentricity the piano dealer dared not doubt her word and promised to deliver the instruments again she ordered a dozen costly clocks one of which was made of gold works and all she kept the latter for herself and gave away the others her servants came in for many of her gifts and she decked out her cook with so many costly clothes that the good dame grew too big for her job and gave notice on the ground that the work was undignified and tended to ruin her wardrobe of course these ventures and extravagance could not have been accomplished without a considerable amount of ready money american tradesmen are not all mugs and no matter how beautiful lydia chadwick may have been had she not been in a position to pay her tradesmen they would have spoiled her little schemes by pressing for the settlement of their accounts dr chadwick could not however keep pace with her expenditure and she fell back upon forgery and now she began her greatest exploit which before it landed her in the dock of an unsympathetic criminal court enabled her to handle nearly a million dollars one day she drove in a costly carriage with coachmen and footmen in attendance to the bank and with impressive dignity walked in and requested the manager to advance the modest sum of fifty thousand pounds naturally the official asked for security mrs chadwick yawned and opened her purse-bag i presume you have heard of my uncle mr andrew carnegie she asked sarcastically the banker declared that he knew a great deal about the millionaire whose name will forever be associated with Pittsburgh iron and free libraries well then said the lady with her nose in the air here are two notes signed by him you can see they are worth a hundred and fifty thousand pounds perhaps you consider them sufficient security for such a paltry sum as i want you to lend me for a few weeks they were of course ample security but the manager a shrewd business man determined to take no risks he therefore politely hinted that while he would not dare to doubt the genuineness of the signature of the famous millionaire just for form's sake he would like to have a responsible person swear that the writing was mr carnegie's he rather expected mrs chadwick to be offended but she merely told him that the gentleman who had delivered the notes to her that morning was still in town and as he is mr carnegie's new york lawyer i think he ought to know his handwriting the lawyer was fetched and he not only identified the signatures but added the overwhelming testimony that he had been present himself when mr carnegie had drawn up and signed the notes after that there was nothing to be done but to credit mrs chadwick with fifty thousand pounds and deposit the precious securities in the safe a month later the whole of the money had evaporated clamouring tradesmen had had to be satisfied advances from moneylenders liquidated and scores of persons to be impressed by large orders for various goods for which cash was paid meanwhile the carnegie notes rested securely in the strong-room of the bank for it was some time ere the manager was to know that they were worthless forgeries and that mrs chadwick did not know mr carnegie neither had she ever seen him in her life mrs chadwick certainly displayed very masculine ability in her criminal exploits it was a stroke of genius to carry a bunch of important-looking papers to one of the leading banks and hire a special safe by the year for the rent of which she obtained a receipt armed with this she was able to persuade quite a number of rich and fashionable americans that she had a million pounds worth of securities in the safe which she did not wish to dispose of because the markets were low and to sell out would have been to invite a heavy loss she varied her story as occasion demanded one of her favorite yarns being that the securities were bequeathed to her on the condition that she did not sell them outright she could however promise very large interest to those who trusted her and it was an offer to pay twenty per cent that induced one millionaire to hand her his cheque for two hundred thousand dollars and not ask for anything more than a written receipt her swindle was of course only a copy of the humbert fraud and considering that she put it into operation a year after the sentence on the famous madame humbert it is extraordinary that she should have been able to find victims The only explanation that has been advanced is that of hypnotism. Mrs. Chadwick had undoubtedly hypnotic eyes, but it is doubtful if they alone charmed nearly a million out of some of the most astute businessmen the land of dollars has produced. But her story of a vast fortune in a bank safe was generally believed, when she informed a keen-witted New York millionaire that if he advanced her twenty-five thousand dollars, she would repay him twice as much within the year the safe she declared was to be opened on a certain date and the contents distributed as she decided he actually took her word and parted with the money he was never to see again and this did not happen long ago the date of the transaction was nineteen o four and that same man must have read all about madame humbert's trial and conviction less than twelve months previously it is not necessary to give further particulars of this safe fraud mrs chadwick simply took the cash and had a high old time and day and night her mansion was filled with guests her tradespeople were delighted the fact that she paid them cash and that most of them were too wary to take shares in the safe exploit proved that some people at any rate ultimately benefited by the woman's amazing imposture one of her most fiendish exploits was to invite a well-known financier to dine with her and a few friends this gentleman had declined to advance money on the strength of the mythical securities and she had resolved to get even with him she therefore retained friendly relations with him and unsuspectingly he accepted her invitation when he arrived mrs chadwick's only other guest was a pretty young girl the daughter of a new york physician the dinner was a pleasant affair but towards the close the financier became sleepy greatly to his surprise as he did not suspect that his hostess had purposely drugged both him and her only other guest anyhow in the early morning when he woke up he found himself stretched on the floor and a moment later mrs chadwick appeared and tearfully explained that in his excited condition she meant intoxicated but refrained from using that vulgar word he had grossly insulted her girl friend the long and the short of it was that he had to pay ten thousand dollars in blackmail and of this sum the woman gave her girl confederate two hundred but at last the morning dawned when a certain victim of her set out for the wade national bank in cleveland and presented the manager's receipt for the hire of the safe together with the key and a written order from mrs chadwick that the bearer was to be permitted to open the safe and take from it the valuable security she had deposited there her emissary was a creditor to the extent of eighty thousand dollars and he was naturally very anxious to recoup himself for his outlay mrs chadwick had instructed him to select sufficient stocks and shares to realize his account plus twenty thousand dollars for interest and then to send the rest to a firm of stockbrokers in new york with instructions to realize it must have been a very dramatic moment when the credulous creditor turned the key in the lock and the safe door opened on its hinges and he must have felt pleased with himself when he saw the pile of important-looking documents which seemed to him to be valuable share certificates. But a moment later he realized that he had been grossly swindled, for the papers proved to be worthless. The bubble had burst. Mrs. Chadwick was from that moment known as the Madam Humbert of America. How her creditors howled! How they were chaffed and ridiculed! a few would not reveal themselves once they guessed that there could be no redress nevertheless stern measures were adopted and a warrant was issued for the impostor's arrest mrs chadwick had taken up her quarters in an expensive hotel in the early part of december nineteen o four she intended to pass christmas there and the management had already consulted her as to her ideas of a really christmassy entertainment she was paying one hundred dollars a week for her rooms and she had arrived with a fortune in jewels and half a dozen personal servants she was the uncrowned queen of the hotel where the other visitors stood in groups and discussed her wonderful personality in odd accents she was destined however to spend that christmas in jail one evening when mrs chadwick resplendent in a marvellous parisian creation and wearing jewels which must have cost fifty thousand dollars at least was chatting at the dinner-table the manager came to her and respectfully intimated that a couple of gentlemen wished to see her she graciously answered that she would receive them in her drawing-room Visitors were everyday occurrences with her, and these she thought were local celebrities who had come to enlist her support for their Christmas charities. Without the slightest suspicion that anything was wrong, she entered her luxurious drawing-room and with a smile inquired the stranger's business. now american detectives have a habit of being brutally frank and they lost no time in informing her that she was their prisoner and that the charge against her was that of having obtained nearly a million dollars by fraud the news stunned her and for a moment or two she stood motionless then she collapsed in a faint and it was some time before the two detectives could get her downstairs and into the waiting cab mrs chadwick had started her criminal career with a triumph over the soft-hearted canadian magistrates who had so obligingly decided that she was too pretty to be evil and recalling that triumph she resolved to fight for her liberty with her eyes and not her tongue when she was brought into the dock she fainted again knowing that she looked quite bewitching when in that state and that her forlorn condition must wring pity from even her worst enemies but her programme did not work out as she expected it would. Instead of a host of sympathetic men crowding round her and proffering good-natured advice, she was roughly brought to by a couple of hard-featured wardresses. Then she was installed in the dock again, and compelled to listen to the story of her life, as told by a prosecuting lawyer who was quite unaffected by Mrs. Chadwick's magnetic eyes. He mercilessly raked up her past, recounted how she had ruined scores of men and women how she had been one of the most dangerous blackmailers in america and how she had adopted madame humbert's safe swindle with disastrous results for scores of impressionable men it was a formidable indictment and the recital of it blotted out at once the beauty of the prisoner she was shown to be an utterly unscrupulous impostor a woman who had declared war against society and who had repaid her husband's love by making his name a byword throughout the land she had of course a clever lawyer to plead for her and every possible effort was made to secure an acquittal but there was no question of insanity now she was too clever to be an imbecile and the judge had not the slightest hesitation in giving her ten years imprisonment when she had been convicted and before she tottered from the dock into the oblivion of the jail the interesting fact was mentioned that she had been in the habit of wearing a belt containing ten thousand dollars with the object of taking to flight if her liberty was ever threatened the celerity with which the police had acted however resulted in the capture of this little nest-egg for her creditors although it is to be feared that each of them received a very small proportion of the amount he lost through his faith in the word of the greatest female impostor since Madame Humbert was convicted. It should be recorded that her husband had nothing whatever to do with her frauds. He was, in fact, one of her victims, and when he married her he had no idea that she was then an ex-convict. After the failure of her attempt to secure a new trial mrs chadwick was sent to the ohio state penitentiary at columbus and there she died on october tenth nineteen o seven at the age of forty-eight chapter twelve